God on the move. And then he said, this is it in the matter verse. Basically, he said, matter means alternate, verse means universe. That's how they defined it. And he said that in the alternate universe, this is what the enemy is creating an alternate universe to trap the young people. So he said, but now what you do is you be a voice, you sound out, and you now be that voice and you start with your first project. And now we reverse it and you put my verse into the matter, put my living word into the matter, you know, usher in my presence into this space. When I think about mission, what first comes to mind are courageous heroes of faith that go into all the world to proclaim the gospel to people who have not yet heard about Jesus. I'm thinking about the local church, reaching out to their community and embodying Jesus' hands and feet. I think about the arts, businesses' mission, frontline workers, whole life discipleship, etc, etc. What doesn't naturally come to my mind is a different universe. A whole new world, far different from our understanding of space and matter. You might be wondering, but no, I'm not talking about a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. I'm talking about a new mission field that is now. It's here. It's everywhere. It's the metaverse. You are listening to God on the Move, a Lausanne Movement podcast. And this is the story of Land of Promise a Minecraft server. The voice you heard earlier was Lily. She and her husband Patrick have started an online missions project and this is their story. My husband and I both started a business. We were running a branding creative agency about 20 years ago. Yeah. And we have been running this agency and at this peak we had about 50, 60 people. We were running an interactive agency, advertising. And, and all that, yeah. And whilst we were basically running the business, we were also serving in church in the youth ministry. So we were essentially directly assisting the youth pastor to work with youth, with shepherd youth. We also strategize for young people and all that. And I think that's where we really have a heart for young people and for the next generation. Yeah, so fast forward 20 years later, and I think 2018, I started feeling that a lot is nudging me to reevaluate because life was so fast-paced. Because running agency is not funny, right? So it's just in Singapore, especially, it pays really fast. And then you were in youth ministry and it's a large youth ministry, so a lot of work. And you're always like, no breathing. You just keep going. And I think at that point, I started thinking that perhaps all the effort that I'm actually putting into building campaigns for secular brands and so on in my work hours, would I want to, going forward, use these skills somehow to do it for the Bible? Because I'm passionate about Bible. How can we present the Bible in a different way? using media and so on, yeah. So I think that kind of led us to a path whereby I decided that I had to shut the business. So in 2020, I shut the business. I just closed it. I just liquidated the whole business. So it took me a year and a half to actually close off the business because I had to slowly let go of the people and so on. And then pandemic started. And my husband is actually a full-time faith-based artist. So it was in 2017, he started it and I started helping him run that part of the art business as well. And his whole vision was to preach the gospel through art. So we started using our creative skills, all our experience, and we started veering into the space of presenting the gospel in a different way. Yeah, in a creative way. So that was the direction that we were taking. If you had told me in the year 2020, after I shut the business, that I'll be doing what I'm doing today, I would have never imagined that. It was like a singularity for me. (laughs) 
So I think my heart's desire in the last 20 years when I was in the media industry, the creative industry, my heart has always been like, I see people in the world spending millions of dollars presenting products in such a way to captivate young people's heart to buy. And sometimes I look into that sphere and I was like, where are all the excellent Christian content that the children deserve or the young people deserve? I'm not seeing a lot of this and so on. And so that's been always been my heart. Can there be games? Can there be, you know, I don't know, right? Other than Veggie Tales, right? It was just Veggie Tales until Superbook came out. I said, "Wow, great!" Superbook came out. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's like after Superbook, like okay, now what? You know, we just don't have a lot of choices. So I think that's always been something at the back of my head. Yeah. So I think along the way, uh, I did try, I did attempt to do some like Bible apps, Bible stories, but with the overwhelming needs of the business, the ministry it was almost impossible for me to be able to focus. Yeah. So anyway, so that desire was just shelved. So 2020 came and uh, what happened was that became a period where pandemic struck, interestingly, and then I shut my business. And then my husband obviously can only sell his art online, which meant that the retail store, we couldn't open it because of pandemic. So we had a lot of time on our hands and I just started basically having the capacity to learn. I think this has been a tremendous faith journey for my husband and myself to be working on this project where we are today and feeling that really that privilege of just carrying God's heart into a certain space. In case you haven't figured already, the project that Lini and Patrick are now working on is a mission of outreach on a Minecraft server. For those who don't know what Minecraft is, don't worry, you are not alone. For now, it's enough to know that it's an online game, but later more. In the next paragraph, Lini will use a lot of words that might sound gibberish to some. But it's not important to be familiar with the terminology in order to understand what she's working on. Here are just a few definitions. NFT stands for non-fungible token. These are assets that have been tokenized so can be traded and exchanged for money, cryptocurrencies or other NFTs. Bitcoins, Dogecoins, Shiba coins and the like are forms of cryptocurrency. So that's a digital currency which is an alternative form of payment created using encryption algorithms. A blockchain it's a distributed database or a ledger shared among a computer network's nodes. They are best known for their crucial role in cryptocurrency systems for maintaining a secure and decentralized record of transactions, but they are not limited to these uses. And finally, Discord is a social media platform where people can communicate with voice calls, video calls, text messaging, and they can do that in a private chat, also part of a community called Service. If this is still all Greek to you, welcome to the club. Again, I want to emphasize that unfamiliarity with these terms won't take away from understanding what Lily does. Perhaps it only highlights the importance of projects like this and how essential it is that Christians are present in the digital space. I realized in the journey with the Lord is that um, when we are too busy, we actually have no capacity sometimes to hear where God wants to steer us. And even if God tells you like, hey, my heart is in this space, go learn it. And you're like, oh, is that really God? No, I'm too busy. No, I've got this to do. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's something that I've learned is that sometimes we busy ourselves so much that we just think that we're doing stuff. So I had a time to start learning. And that was when uh, I actually stumbled into learning about um, the blockchain technology. And at the peak of cryptocurrency and everything that was happening, I got really curious about that space. And as I started researching and making some like, investments into that area at that period and understanding that space, I think what got really interesting was when the whole NFT space started opening up in 2021 January. 
when it first started, most NFTs were actually fine art NFTs. And I was feeling the nudge for the Holy Spirit that, oh, we need to put Patrick's art into that space. But I have no clue how to do it. I really have no idea how to do it. And I procrastinated for a long time. <laughs> and many people started nudging us and said, hey, you need to look at that space. So I started doing research into that space. And I think, and even when I was learning about the crypto space, the more I went to it, the more, as I was talking to a lot, my heart just grew very, I don't know, I just felt really sad in the sense I just saw like a lot of young people in that space and a lot of them getting rich really fast, right? With Dogecoin, Shiba coins and all that. And I was just at the back of my mind thinking, gosh, which adult understands this space at that time? And how do we shepherd them? So it was just a question and a bubble. And I said, are we as adults, okay, not the church in general, do we know what's going on? And then God was confirming a lot of things and showing me, like I had this young man, 19 years old, that had a crypto wallet and his parents didn't even know and he had $100,000 in his wallet. But he told me about it because I could understand his language. And he said, I, I didn't cheat, I didn't use any money, I just invested. And this was a very decent young man. And then that's when I started talking to the Lord and then I started looking at the space and I was saying that, five years, 10 years from now, I think the world's going to look really different. And when we look into the NFT space, then it started showing up really strange things. So there was actually, we saw a collection of where people were just selling collections of NFTs, making money, making the use come in, using drawing, using money to, to draw it. And I started seeing them selling like a thousand faces of Satan. And then these people would just buy them, flip them, put them into wallets. And then suddenly I just like, I was like, oh gosh, that's like a new way of collecting idols, right? Because they put it into your wallet and you keep it. It's your digital home. And I think what really shocked me then was when I saw a particular project whereby they were saying that if you want to buy this coin, you want to make more earnings, you join my Discord. Before you can join the Discord, you actually had to chant. Yeah, so they give you something to chant. And that's obviously witchcraft, right? And then subsequently they said, oh, if you want to make like 20% earnings, you got to send us a video copying what I asked you to do. And then I went to watch some of these videos and they were doing fire rituals, like in the room. And I tell you, at that point, my heart was like, I was really crying inside. And I went, gosh, you know, this is terrible, right? And I was searching for Christian content and I couldn't find anything in that space. I was asking people and everybody was just telling me, oh, this is a scammy space, don't go inside there and so on. But I said, but they are like taking the territory of the whole space. Shouldn't we go in as like light? Shouldn't we learn? Yeah, so that was like actually how it all started. And it was just a cry in my heart. And I asked God, what can I do? I said, no, I don't know anybody else. But what can Patrick and I do, right? And the, I just heard the Lord say, like, what do you have in your hands? And at that point, I said, oh, we have art. <laughs> right? And he says, we have art and we can draw, right? And he said, okay, then you do a Christian NFT collection. Yeah, and you and then he said, as he said, in a metaverse, basically, he said, meta means alternate, verse means universe. That's how they defined it. And he said that in the alternate universe, this is what the enemy is creating, an alternate universe to trap the young people. So he said, but now what you do is you be a voice, you sound out, and you now be that voice and you start with your first project. And now we reversed it and you put my verse into the meta. Put a word of God into. And I was like, whoa! That's really clever, Lord. You know, I will not take credit for that because I think that's really 
how clever. I was like, whoa. And I was driving and then he suddenly said, put my word into the matter. Put my living word. Usher in my presence into this space. So it was a whirlwind because that was like August. And then we just crazily just said, okay, yes, Lord, we will do it. And then one thing led to another. We don't know how to do this. We learned the whole space from scratch, how to come up with an NFT collection. God sent us a smart contract developer from, I don't know where, somebody connected. And within two months, we launched a first collection, a Christian NFT project collection. Yeah. And it's called Metaverse. If you want to check it out, M-E-H-T-A-V-R-S-E on OpenSea. And we had a team of volunteers and all that. And we said, guys, we're just going to pray for this mess, like a sheep, a collection of sheep. Isaiah 33 says, like, all us as sheep have gone astray, each one to their own way, right? But the Lord has saved all of us. And I said, let's pray and send this sheep and sanctify the blockchain. So it's just some silly thing that I said. <laughs> just by faith, I just said it was so funny. Yeah. So we just launched the collection and we were actually, to a certain extent, persecuted because we were very early in the space and people were questioning why we're doing this and so on. But we just felt like it's really to be a light in that space. So I think with that, what happened was from there, then one thing led to another, like with that collection, after we launched it, I started thinking, we started asking the Lord, what's next? And he said, put my art, I put my word into the matter, right? And we said, okay, we'll put the art gallery. Like we have a physical gallery, let's put a virtual gallery, right? Into sandbox. So that was how we started. And then a friend said that, oh, you should not just be building a gallery, you should build a wall. And I'm like, what? I was so tired. I was so tired building the whole project. I was like, Lord, no, I don't think I know how to build Metaverse. This is crazy. I don't game, right? And then the next day, I went to visit a church. And then the pastor went like, when God asks you to do it, you just say yes. And he just yelled on the stage, just say yes. And I'm like, okay, Lord, yes, I'll just say yes. I don't know how I'm going to do this. Then from there, he served up another project that was a blockchain, basically a project where there was a layer of crypto that was built on Minecraft. So that project was called NFT Worlds. And that was my first, almost like the first time I heard of Minecraft before, but I don't really know it. And I said, oh, that sounds pretty cool. Lots of people are playing Minecraft. I have no idea what it was. And I said, okay, let's just try this platform then. So we went into it and then we started building. And my whole thought was like, I didn't know my crop at all. And I was thinking, oh, maybe we could do gamification, 20, 30 years old. That's the target market we want. Play games, play to earn. But God really had other plans because along the way, I started realizing as the more research I did, I realized that a lot of children are in the space. And which is why I said that we stumbled into it. It was never something that we had planned. We just wanted to carry God's heart. And we're just like, Lord, where do we go? What do we do? and do this and it's almost some people would say it's reckless some people say it's impulsive but we just knew we were following the lord and when some people ask us right today don't you think you're very impulsive and we're like i don't know i said that was peter impulsive when he decided to step out of the water to walk towards jesus i don't know was that stupid i think the 11 people thought it could be quite stupid right so we started to learn that there is just a very thin line between what is faith and what is wisdom so for us we heard a lot. We were quite sure it was a lot. I was like, okay, let's go. <laughs> and we just went and we just went and we just went. And that's when we realized that, oh gosh, what are we doing? And then we realized that it was actually so much about children. And so I told a lot, I said, it is for children. So how are children going to have crypto wallets? What am I going to do with this? I'm stuck, right? Like in June, 
And it was so funny, right? Because we were really paying all these things out of our own money, investing in it. And then in July, Microsoft made an announcement and said officially that no one could build anything on top of Minecraft. Yeah. And that was delinked. So it was almost like God made a decision for us. And I went, what? What am I supposed to do with this project now? I have no idea how we're going to be able to sustain it because with crypto, I thought I could monetize it and so on and we could continue to build. And I got stuck and I asked God, but I know you've been showing me that this is the right way to go. And I've seen how kids' eyes light up when we started showing them this stuff. And so I gave God an ultimatum and I told him, I said, we've gone so far. We probably spent like a six-figure sum in this project. And I said that I'm okay to kill it if it is if I've gone down the wrong path. But if it is still your will to do this, you've got to show me irrevocably that I'm going all in with you. Yeah. And I said, please show me soon. Yeah. And interestingly, that week, there was a Canadian pastor that came to visit us and he is very gifted prophetically. And at the end, he prayed for us and he had no idea I was doing my craft. He was actually looking at Patrick's art, his VR art and all that. Then at the end, he prayed and then he closed his eyes and he said, oh, I hear this word, mining. And I, I literally almost laughed. And he said, yeah, he said, I heard the word mining. And I just hear, keep digging, dig deeper, don't give up and you will strike gold. Dig deep, dig deep with God, dig into relationships, let go of past relationships, move on. And he just went on, right? And honestly, so many years in church and everything. Which pastor will tell you that the first word I hear is mining? From then on, it was basically, that was July last year. It was a no no turning back for us. Yeah, we were not going to, basically, we then became on a mission and we said, Lord, whatever it takes, whatever is in your heart, right? We are going all out to do this. And you show us every step of the way, step by step, what to yeah. do. And um, if it's got to do with money, like, it's okay. We will do whatever we can to fund this project. And so basically, we just carry the cross. We just take it up. We, we, we're not talking to God about money. And we're just like charging forward with it. Yeah. So that's how we started. And we continue building and building. So today, honestly, if you ask me, exactly do I know where I'm, I'm going still? I don't know. <laughs> but today we have basically curriculum that is developed. Like we have maybe about 20 lessons, two hours facilitated play curriculum, which we've tested and played with kids uh, from all over the world. So we have a core group now from all over the world. That's like about 16, 17 of them. And we play with them every Saturday. 8pm to 10pm and we test out the curriculum left and the parents know and all that so all super supportive and uh, yeah so it's quite fun sometimes we it's really good sometimes hit and miss sometimes it's not great because <laughs> it's such new grounds so we are constantly testing learning yeah so it's this very big world so we have survival mode play we have creative mode we have exploratory worlds where we have the entire Jerusalem city built um, one-on-one scale so you literally can walk through the whole city we are building sea of galilee now also close to one-on-one scale and uh, we have the tabernacle and all the biblical builds as well a quick recap after building a successful business god called lily and patrick to close it down and start something new however what this new would be he didn't clarify at first it was when the covid 19 pandemic hit that Lily started learning about NFTs, cryptocurrencies, and all that stuff which then led her to discover Minecraft. 
Minecraft is a so-called sandbox game. So basically a video game that provides players a great degree of creativity to interact with. Among other things, players explore a blocky, procedurally generated three-dimensional world with virtually infinite terrain. It has become the best-selling video game in history with nearly 140 million monthly active players as of 2021. But I'll let Lily explain. Basically, think of it as like a 3D Lego. There are two game modes inside there. There is a survival game mode whereby you go in and you can play by yourself. You dig, you go to mine, you mine stuff and then you get resources, you get trees, you get bugs and you can build your house and you protect yourself. You have to eat when you're hungry or you die. So that's survival mode. And creative mode is when you get all your resources, nobody fights you, but you just keep, you can build a castle, you can build something that's cool, just like Lego. Minecraft also has an education edition in the US where they literally teach you English, math, physics, they have curriculum for that as well. 170 million kids play Minecraft every year. Okay, age between six years old all the way to probably about 16. But majority of them is between six to 13, 14 years old. And then they start to fall off and they play other games like Fortnite and so on. In this world, okay, how it works is that you can, in Minecraft, you can actually play a single player game. That means I just play on my own. Where a lot of actually parents let their kids do that. That means they're not connected to the internet and so on, especially when they're younger. Uh, but once they are older, like 13 years old, they get on internet, they actually can play in what they call public servers. So public servers means people set up like a world and they go in there and they play games. So Minecraft is pretty clean, meaning that most of the words are okay. It's just that sometimes you go in there, people's languages may not be great, stuff like that. But generally for Minecraft, most of the worlds are like a lot of mini games. So they play hide and seek, they play fighting games, survival games, and PvP and so on. But we've not seen anyone build basically a very extensive world for exploration, for learning and so on. So there are, for example, one someone that has built a Jerusalem before, but it is very basic just for studying a structure, but you don't have quests inside there. You don't have exploratory. It's just really for studying. Yeah, so they model it. So what we did was we built different things. So we also built like a huge urban city. And in there, we intend to, for example, put up exhibitions, for example, Christian materials. There is a scripture garden inside there where if people are tired, they can walk around, they can sit on the bench and meditate on Bible verses. There are hangout spacers in there. So the kids will get on either Discord or in our case, we get on Zoom because they're younger. So we, we get them on the Zoom and we do a facilitated two-hour play. So they all come in and we play a mindless game. Like we just go play hide and seek. And then after that, we, for example, we may do a session about oh. Jesus being the light of the world. So what we do is go into survival mode and we get them to build different types of light sources in survival mode. And then after that, we jump back into the tabernacle and then we go into the menorah and then we explain to them how the menorah is the Old Testament and the New Testament, Jesus that light, and, da -da 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 -da. and then they pray for each other and they build relationships, they build friendships. So that's like an example of how a facilitated place. I hope this helps you understand better how Minecraft works. As Lily explained earlier, her idea of Land of Promise is to replicate ancient Jerusalem and other biblical places in Minecraft for children to discover. In this world, they can meet biblical figures like Simeon walking around in the temple. This figure then will direct the children to the passage in Luke 2 and provide background information. To say that I was impressed when Lily showed me this world would be a massive understatement. 
I have to confess that I'm tempted to play Minecraft just so I can discover more of the Land of Promise. However, Land of Promise is not yet available to the public. So right now the server is actually not live yet. The product is not complete. We are testing it because there are two kinds of play mode. One mode is facilitated play, which is like a two-hour session that we do. Another play mode is anybody can log in anytime. But in order for that to happen, all our quests needs to be set up, all the point system needs to be set up, or the end coins, and all that backend thing needs to be set up, which is not finished yet, which is why we're not opening the server right now. But And we're not marketing it because all IT projects, we have to scale it up slowly over time. We say, could you come help us put up content in our world? Because we have a city, right? Like Singapore, and then you have Shenton Way, right? All in London, and you have Oxford, right? And all the buildings are empty now. And we need to furbish, refurbish them. We need to put exhibitions inside that. We need time, right? If not, it'll be empty buildings. Everybody will be so bored, right? So for example, I'm going to talk to Compassion as well. I say, hey guys, do you want to put your stuff in a building? <laughs> Come, Christian projects. Maybe some people want to do values. A church is talking to me and saying that, oh, maybe we could have different floors talking about different things. I think our ministry, we do not hide that we're Christian. We're not that. We will basically we're followers of Jesus and we can have good, clean fun. And lots of other kids who are not Christians can come play too. <laughs> yeah, there's no particular reason why you can't, you know. But if you come and enjoy yourself, this is a space where it's good vibes and so slowly over time what we're going to do is we want to build up volunteers like kids volunteers even to be ambassadors in the world to welcome people where they come they can serve in that space and let them own that world the land of promise yeah so right now i would say that i do provide a link but that link is actually for people who say hey this is so interesting tell me more about it i want to help you know <laughs> or like sometimes we have church pastors that says can i get some kids to hop on because we are not a ministry meaning that I'm not going to be pastoring the kids like I need you guys to pastor the kids and you can figure out together with us and there's a pastor in the Philippines who says yeah I'm going to get my kids in and we're going to help you develop more curriculum I'm like great because my curriculum is more for 7 to 13 years old now but you can develop an entire for 13 to 17 or 18 years old a more full-fledged Bible study even I think there's just so much possibilities for anyone who feels there's a tuck in your heart and excited about it for youths who say that wow I want to serve in this space right I want to connect and the possibilities are endless imagine in the future we could even have a bunch of kids from far away country somewhere who speaks English right and we get together every week and someone from UK could be someone who has a heart for children and imagine they just play with them every week at a certain time build relationships I'm also appealing for help in the parent-child area because a lot of parents do not know how to connect their kids sometimes. And if only we can get parents to teach other parents how to play Minecraft, and they can also, instead of playing Monopoly, also have another option of bonding with their child in this space. It's just really a lot of different possibilities. And I think walking down this path, I'm just in awe with the wisdom of God. One project could do so many things. And I think he just keeps unfolding. And I'm like, okay, yeah, Lord, but there's just only one of me. As you can imagine, such a huge project comes with a price. While at first Lily could use the revenue of the NFTs to fund this, it soon became clear that the vision is far too big. But it wasn't enough, basically. And obviously, I'm not paid, right? I don't have a salary. So it's been a year plus. I think it's just, uh, I think we just live by faith. We just trust God. And obviously, we had to liquidate some asset like on our end and all that. Some sacrifices we have to make, you know, not to, to, to sow into this project. But we just know that after God tells us, keep mining, I'm not going to walk away disobeying Him simply because I'm afraid. No, fear will have no hold on us. 
like we have to walk on water, we will walk on water. Yeah. But God prepared us to do this because along the way, he just kept causing us to cross paths with a lot of missionaries who have given everything up, gone onto the field, and we were so inspired by their faith. It's just that our field, and we've never seen ourselves as like missionary in any way, but in that period, people started saying that, oh, you guys are like digital missionaries. You know, you're going to a space that's adventurous and blah, blah, blah. And then we said, oh, maybe that's why God has been sending us like missionaries you know, first week and to hear this like stories. And then I'll listen to their stories and I'll be crying and I'll be like, I want that kind of miracles. And I want one day when Land of Promise is open, right, that when a kid steps in, they can feel the love of God. They can feel the presence of Jesus. What is stopping God from manifesting in that way? And I literally heard him say, I will release a new grace in the metaverse because it is for that generation and he loves them because everything is possible with God. Before we continue with the story, I want to let you know that we want to share mission stories from the global church with the global church. So if you have a story to share or know someone who might have, please contact us at podcast at That is podcast at The funny thing was that even though like I theoretically knew it, theoretically I was like, okay, God can move in that space. So how did I get that sense that God wanted to permeate that space? Obviously that journey was very difficult for us because we had to keep wondering, are we delusional? Are we going to really do this in order to fund the project and all that? And I remember during one worship session, I was asking the Lord. And then I just felt like I, I saw Jesus held out a hand to me. And then he says, come, let me show you the land of promise, the world that we were building. It was so sweet. I was just weeping. And, he's, and he just said, come with me. And then he says, look at that tree of life. Isn't it beautiful? And that those are the things that we were building. And I'm like, uh, yes, Lord. And he's there's more. And he told me there's more. Come. And he was just showing stuff that I was building, you know. He's come. Look at the tabernacle. Come, let me show you. And I was just crying. And he says that I will be there. My presence will be in this space. Yeah. And I was so mind blown. And I think from then on, I literally said, hey, God meets us anywhere, everywhere. And we know that in the next five to 10 years, a lot of young people are going to be trapped in this space. The Lord is going to permeate that space, I tell you. If we only will pray, believe, and usher his presence and believe him. So what happened was recently, because like I was mentioning that Patrick has like a physical gallery and we always see people coming in, looking at the art and they'll cry and they will, and we'll leave them alone and they will be so ministered that God's presence is physically in that space. We have a spatial gallery as well, which we created a long time ago, just we left it there. We didn't really market it. But recently, there was someone from Malaysia that said that, oh, I really want to see your art, you know, she and her daughter. And she said, but I can't come to Singapore, right? So we said, okay, how, how about we, we bring you through a spatial and then we walk you through. And she went in and I was really shocked because she texted me and she said, I told your salesperson to leave me and my daughter alone. Like we just wanted to spend time on our own. Because as we were going through the gallery, we just felt the presence of God and we were like just like tearing and reading everything that was inside there, like all the description and everything. And she said, it's too emotional. I, I That's why I told your guy not to entertain us. And they spent like an hour going through that spatial gallery. And that was almost like God telling me, see, I told you that I will be there. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, yes, Lord. <laughs> Yeah, and that was just like a little glimpse of something, a little bit that stuck. And did we play Minecraft? The answer was no. Do I game? I don't need a game. But 
I think what we really wanted was to share with anybody who hears this, hears our story, is that as long as we remain open to the Lord, like He takes care of our next step. And we just seek Him. And we cry, we struggle, we say no, but we just obey and then we cry. <laughs> so it's been like that for the last one, like last one year plus. Until the beginning of this year, I'll be like, oh wow, he's always showing up. Okay, like whatever, like he's, he will show up. But then we just go next step, next step, next step. But the beginning it was really tough. And I think maybe another note of encouragement to anyone that when God starts to lead you into spaces where it's so unknown, He's so merciful to me and my husband, so merciful. Because every step of the way, we doubted. Every step of the way, we go out on knees and we cry. We're like, is this really it? Are we supposed to do this? And I can tell you, every step of the way, we would receive words from people from don't know where and signs from don't know where. And because it's a frontier space, he knows how much we need to guide us. And he was just there. Every time we ask him, we're sick and we're fine. And he would just drop a word here, drop a word there, Instagram, and everything. And it's such a, I don't know, I think like the last two years in our life, we've never had a more fabulous walk with the Lord than our last 20 years. And it is such a fun adventure. And you really start to, you know, all things on earth really just fade away. And what you really just want is, Lord, I just want to go on this adventure with you. Yeah, and I just want to see where this rabbit hole is going. I hope you are inspired by the land of promise and the way Lily and Patrick obediently follow God's call into the unknown. If you are a new listener to this podcast, here at God on the Move, our heart is to tell stories that inspire, help to grow faith and lead the listeners to pray for those whose stories we share. So please do pray for Lily and her husband Patrick and all the children that will engage with the land of promise in the future. Further, not only do we want to encourage you through testimonies from the Global Church, but we want to challenge everybody to take a next step on their faith journey. What is God calling you to lay down in order to start something new? In what uncharted waters is he calling you to step into? If you think you don't have what it takes, I hope you are challenged by Lily's story. It started with me watching YouTube videos on how to play Minecraft. And then as I was trying it out, I literally, we, we don't have children, but we have two godchildren and they love Minecraft, right? And I literally had to get him to teach me how to play a nine-year-old. That's really one practical challenge. Every step of the way, I am literally using YouTube to teach me the next thing. It's just that like you may think that, oh, you have 20 years of experience working. Yes, we have experience, but this is like a whole new area. So I think that's one thing. Second thing is, I think it's about hearing God clearly. What does that mean? So, for example, along the way, we did have potential investors and I was happy to have an investor, right? I, I can get salary and all that. But then suddenly, like you hear, you almost feel like a voice telling you, no, not yet. And you're like, oh, is that really God? You know, those things, what is the voice of God? You know, and you just have to sit and wait for confirmation. And practical challenges also would be juggling like a lot of different things at one go. Because like I'm like the creative director, I have to direct the stuff, what to build. I have to learn tech, I have to write curriculum, I have to play with children, and then pastors or people who are interested, I have to meet them, talk to them. <laughs> I'm relationship manager. So it's just really taking on all that different roles at mm. the same time, and yet maintaining a posture of rest in this whole thing. Yeah. I just want to encourage everyone who is a follower of Jesus to, okay, this sounds a bit odd, but not be a Christian, but be a follower of Jesus. 
Okay, so what do I mean by that? That if we were just to ask the Lord to open our eyes to see, something happened in 2020 with the pandemic and he is shaking up the church and telling us that the young people, the young generation, they are looking for genuine connections. They are looking for deep relationships and things are moving so fast. If you look at how ChatGPT has come in, the next push when Apple launches its VR, this whole metaverse, we are going to hit a point seven years, 10 years where a lot of our next generation will be in that space, whether we like it or not. The key is to be so open to the Lord, to ask the Lord, what is my assignment? <laughs> what is my part? And open my eyes to see, open my ears to hear, let my heart be soft. Let me carry your heart, Lord. Is there anything that I can do in my sphere? Anything. Whether you are 70 years old, you can pray. If you are 15, you can start to think, where's my desire? What If I'm playing a game right now in Fortnite, right? Why do I just play and enjoy myself for one hour, two hours a day? Can I use a space to reach out to someone? Can I, use this? Can I be in that space to love somebody? Holy Spirit, show me. This is person I'm playing with. Okay, give me a word of knowledge, right? And reach out to people in those spaces. Those are all mission fields as well. And for pastors and leaders of churches and everything is that let's empower our next generation. Their methods are different. Their platforms are different. Can we just sit and just listen to them? And if they say, I want to be a gaming pastor, they'll just know. Why don't we listen to them? Why don't we listen to them and say, hey, what games are you playing? Can you show me your game? Cool. So how do you want to be a gaming pastor? How do you want to reach out to people? Can we shepherd and empower them and shepherd them into their destiny and their call? Who knows? They may become a super influencer in the gaming sector. And that's great, right? You become an influencer for Jesus. You've listened to God on the Move, Lausanne Movement Podcast, where we want to listen to mission stories from the global church. Through listening to what God is doing around the world, we hope to encourage and challenge the global church to faithful obedience to the Great Commission. So let's accelerate global mission together toward a vision for the gospel for every person, disciple-making churches for every people and place, Christ-like leaders in every church and sector, and kingdom impact in every sphere of society. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, be sure to subscribe and follow us for more.